Thanks for joining us on the Oasis Church Podcast. To find out more about Oasis, visit CelebrateTheJourney.org. During this episode, Pastor Dennis Ritchie shares a great message that will lead you to new and deeper levels with Jesus Christ. So open up a Bible, grab a notebook, or simply listen along. guy in the Old Testament. Originally, his name was Abram, and he caught the favor of the Lord. And God calls him, and he tells him this, I will make you into a great nation, and I will bless you. I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and whoever curses you, I will curse. And all the people on earth will be blessed through you. So that's God's uh, calling, it's promise to Abram. This is what God is going to do and he's telling Abram this. And then just a couple chapters later, Abram is, um, he's in a vision. And God says to him, don't be afraid, Abram. I'm your shield, your very great reward. And then, And then imagine seeing the Lord in a vision. And then what is the natural response of any human being? I'm going to complain, God. And so Abram complained. I got no children. How am I going to be a nation? I'm going to have to have this guy who's not even part of my family. He's a servant. He's going to be the heir to my stuff. God's like, dude. I believe that's the Yiddish, dude. Then the word of the Lord came to him. This man will not be your heir, but a son who is your own flesh and blood will be your heir. And he took him outside and said, look up at the sky and count the stars, if indeed you can count them. Then he said to him, so shall your offspring be. Then verse 6 in chapter 15 of Genesis, it says that Abram believed the Lord and he credited it to him as righteousness. Abram believed what God had said, and it was credited to him as righteousness. That word righteousness is a beautiful word, and, and, and sometimes I don't know if we, we define it correctly. We think of it as behavior. Um, I'm righteous. I don't do that and listen to country music and all the other things. But in the Hebrew, that word righteous It means this, having fulfilled all of the expectations or requirements of a relationship. So God has called Abram into a relationship and has promised him, he's going to make his name great. All the peoples of the earth will be blessed through him. And he believed God and it was accredited to him as righteousness as meeting all of the demands, the expectations of the relationship. God is doing all the work. All Abram has to do is believe. And he has fulfilled it. But 
in the story, um, he still questions God. And so, and so God does this thing for him. He enters into this covenant in the, in the ancient world where Abram is from um, when you were going to um, form a, an alliance, a relationship, a covenant with someone. Um, and it was, it was a big deal. It was something that very important. You would take an animal and you would cut it in half and you would lay the halves on the ground. And depending on how serious this relationship was, how serious this covenant was, would determine how many animals. And then once everything was laid out, the two of you that were entering into the covenant would walk through the center of these dead animals. And what it was saying was, it would be, it would be better to be cut in two and laid out on the ground than to break this covenant. Pretty horrid. And so Abraham is continuing to uh, complain a little bit. And then this is what God says. So the Lord said to him, bring me a heifer, a goat, and a ram, each three years old, along with a dove and a young pigeon. So Abraham brings them, cuts them in two, lays them on the ground, except for the birds. And as the sun was settling, Abram fell into a deep sleep and a thick, dreadful darkness came over him. And then the Lord said to him, know for certain that for 400 years your descendants will be strangers in a country, not their own, and they will be enslaved and mistreated there. But I will punish the nation they serve as slaves. Afterward, they will come out with great possessions. However, you will go to your ancestors in peace and be buried at a good old age. In the fourth generation, your descendants will come back here. For the sin of the Amorites has not reached its full measure. So again, God reiterates the promise. These things are on the ground, these dead animals. When the sun had set and darkness had fallen, a smoking fire pot and a blazing torch symbolizing the Lord passed between the pieces. And on that day, the Lord made a covenant with Abram. To your descendants, I give this land. Abraham believed and he had fulfilled all of the requirements of the relationship. And even God appears to him and walks through the center, moves through the center of all these cut carcasses. As to say, Abraham, if, if I don't keep my word, almost like I, I'll just kill myself. I will die. I'd rather die than not keep my word to you. Abram doesn't pass through, only the Lord. You see, this relationship we have with God has always been about belief. It's always been about faith. It's always been about believing what the word of God has said. Ephesians, it is by grace you have been saved. Through what? Works? How do we keep our end of the covenant that we celebrate at this table? We believe. We have faith that the word of God is the word of God and it will come true. There's a story in Mark chapter 9. And a synagogue leader, his daughter is, um, I think it's Mark chapter 6, I'm sorry. And a synagogue leader, his daughter is dying and he goes to Jesus and he says, my daughter is dying and, and you know, would you come and heal her? And he's like, okay, let's go. And so as they're walking, uh, some people from his house come to him and say, 
don't bother the teacher, your daughter died. And, and, and we just read those stories like, it's just a story. But can you imagine what that dad felt in that moment? Like he had hope that Jesus was coming. And he had this track record, Jesus, of healing people, setting them free, demons being cast out, physical healing taking place, sins forgiven. His hope is like, my daughter is going to be healed. And then he gets word. And I could just imagine if you're a parent and you lose a child, you just, you hit the floor in anguish. It's like, I, I don't know. I've never experienced this. But Jesus says to him five little words. Probably the most powerful words that I have read in the Bible up to this point, And they just caught my attention this week. And he said to the man this, don't be afraid. Just believe. How simple is that? Don't be afraid. Just believe. I love the Old Testament because everything in it points to Jesus. And there's this crazy prophet. His name is Isaiah. And Isaiah, he does a lot of talking about Jesus. And he's pointing to his coming. In Isaiah chapter 53, as he's prophesying, he says he grew up, and he's referring to the Messiah. He grew up before him like a tender shoot, like a root out of dry ground. He had no beauty or majesty to attract us to him. Nothing in his appearance that we should desire him. He was despised and rejected by mankind. A man of suffering and familiar with pain. And those two words are interesting, suffering and pain. I mean, we can take them on face value, but there's much more to it. Suffering, pain is, is sickness, brokenness, disease. He was a man who was familiar with sickness, brokenness, disease, pain, and suffering. And then in verse 4, Isaiah says this about him. Surely he took up our pain and bore our suffering. Jesus took up our sickness, our brokenness, our pains. Yet we considered him punished by God, stricken by him and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was on him. And you ready? And by his wounds, we've been healed. What this table represents is healing. Because the body was broken. His body was wounded. His blood was spilled for forgiveness of sin. What if we took the word of God at face value? What if we just believed? What if we just believed that he wants to heal this morning? What if we just believed that, that aches and pains and disease and sickness and broken hearts and, and, and um, just emotional uneasiness? What if, what if we just believed that God wanted to fix that? Because by his wounds, we've been healed. It doesn't say we get healed. It says 
we've been healed. What if we believe? Don't be afraid. Just believe. That's what Jesus said. Throughout the New Testament, he's just calling people. Your faith has healed you. The woman who, who just wants to touch his cloak. Woman, go in peace. Your faith has healed you. The centurion who said, you don't have to come into my house. You just got to say it. I'm a man who's under authority and I have those that are under authority. I mean, I say, this one go there and he goes and this one over there and he goes. What did Jesus say? I haven't seen such faith in Israel like this. I think sometimes we try too hard. We get so caught up our own mind that tape, that reel that just plays over and over again that you don't measure up so how can God heal you he did that again so how can God heal you you said that potty word but it was in the car so nobody heard you but still how can God heal you it, 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 it doesn't say that it says don't be afraid. Just believe. Don't be afraid. I think it's fear that keeps us from the healing that he died for. By his wounds, we have been healed. We are healed. And how do we get healed? We just believe. You can't perform your way into healing. You can't behave your way into healing. It's a gift from God. We don't earn gifts. We receive. So don't be afraid. Just believe. 